1: So it's scary to think that if I make this choice that makes me happy, I might make other people unhappy. Had the Facebook status written out and hadn't pressed post and was thinking, can I do this?
0: Welcome to the Canadian Love Map, a podcast that celebrates love stories of all kinds. Presented by Canada's largest family-owned jeweler, Charm Diamond Centres. This week's love story is about love turned inward and outward. We'll meet Jay, whose life led him on a journey of discovery and eventually morphed into a mission to create a more loving and inclusive community. This is a love story with a difference. And Jay, I'm going to ask you to just start off and tell me about your love story.
1: Well, uh, if we're not talking about my girlfriend, my love story would be uh, my uh, creation of a space uh, that was a love story to my younger self.
0: Okay, so let's go back Mm -hmm. and have you tell me your story, Mm -hmm. because it seems to me that as much as people don't feel comfortable with the expression self-love it's it's true that you know we end up there eventually looking in the mirror and going okay i've got to learn to really like this person in the mirror yeah and i gather that was a big part of your story
1: yeah i i uh i'm 37 years old i've come a long way in discovering myself so about 11 years ago uh i recognized that there was something different about me really and it probably started at the age of four But I went on a journey to find myself as a transgender man. And and I think really um, someone's journey with gender in particular um, has very little, and I've said this before, it has very little to do with changing who you are and everything to do with giving your space to bloom into the person you were always meant to be. And so when you can't sometimes find that space at home as a youth or maybe even at school, um, you need that space So when I was young, you know, we didn't have the language at home. I grew up in quite a religious setting. Um, School was a place where I constantly got bullied. Where I was safe was my mom's small business you know, she created an art program in Fall River where she taught art after school and Monday nights. And that is the space where I was. That is the space where my bullies were. But she was the the curator and she was the bodyguard of that. So there was no uh, bullying that happened in my mom's art class because she led in a way that wouldn't allow it.
0: What was it, if you can identify a a moment or a series of of things that brought you to a real comfort level with with
1: yourself? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I actually it was probably about 2010, uh, 2011, where I coughed so bad uh, in a cold that I had that I cracked a rib. And I was bedridden for about a month and a half. And I had nothing else to do but sit in bed and and be on my laptop and watch TV or whatever. Um, And I remember at the time really delving into who am I? Uh, I was having this, a lot of feelings of, you know, really needing to figure out some stuff about myself. And I stumbled across some videos of, uh, on YouTube of trans people talking about their own experiences. And that was one of the first times in which I had really seen trans people talk about themselves instead of other people talking like cisgender people talking about them or portraying them. So you know, a light bulb went off. uh, And I started to really just soak in a whole bunch of information. And I could have watched anything, you know, uh, during that time, I could have watched cartoons, but I decided and I needed to watch that content. It was certainly a way I had felt all my life. And it just took uh, seeing other people talk about their own experiences for it to click with me. And I know that it was out of a sense of, I need to do this because there is no other option for me. I, I must go forward this way. This is who I am. And so it's, it's a, a, there's a lot of interior work um, that, that trans people do uh, inside, uh, because a lot of people might have thought, oh, wow, that's really sudden uh, when I came out in 2011, not realizing there was decades of interior work. It's just it's scary to put yourself out there. So it, it's scary to think that if I make this choice that makes me happy, I might make other people unhappy and you worry about what other people think, you know, and it takes a long time to get to a space where you're going to say, this is who I am, whether somebody likes it or not, the people who love me will stay, the rest don't matter. You know, it, it takes a while to get there. And so I remember being in that space that was terrifying, that was, had the Facebook status written out and hadn't pressed post and was thinking, can I do this?
0: So it seems to me that was a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective, there's been such a tectonic shift yes. since then. Yeah, You must have a very interesting perspective on how things have changed since you came out.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. There has been a, a lot of awareness and a lot of good things have come out of that awareness because we see some gaps uh, in services and in society's point of view. And, you know... It, it's just good that, that more people understand that we've always been here. You know, trans people have been in existence for thousands of years. And it's just, you know, growing up in a space where we might not have had the language and the knowledge, you know, when we were younger. Um, but you're right. There was such an outpouring of information in recent years that it took that outpouring. It took those people making those videos for me to see it and and do the same.
0: You know what occurs to me? I think a lot of people who don't have experience with friends or loved ones who are trans want it to be explained to them Mm -hmm. if they're open-minded. Sure. You know, they want it to be explained to them. Yeah. But- it, it's probably similar to people of, of um, color mm-hmm. saying it's not my job to explain racism to you. Yeah. That's your job to figure it out.
1: Well, and that's right. Is You know, just because someone's trans doesn't make them an educator. Um, I have found myself in that role quite a few times, but I think it's because I'm happy being an educator. So for me, I'm OK with doing that. But you're right. Uh, it, you know, not every trans person is OK with talking about their experiences. But I think really a lot of people can find understanding if they realize that every single person puts on their gender every day. You know, we're all, you know, um, to quote a a famous person who sometimes can be problematic, we're all born naked and the rest is drag, right? So we all put on our gender every day, whatever that gender expression is. And sometimes when we grow up in society, we've been taught that we need to dress a certain way. And that's not right. You know, you need to do what makes you happy. And that's what everyone does every day or should is put on that gender if you want to or not. You know, (laughs) whatever makes you happy every day is what you should be doing. And I think when people aren't trans or they don't have someone who's trans in their life, they Don't really go through that extra step of thinking about what makes them a man, what makes them a woman, what makes them them, um, you know, what makes them non-binary, what makes them identify that way. We need to think more about that. And I think if you identify with the gender you were assigned at birth, you know, maybe we don't think about that as clearly as we might, you know, if we were trans or gender non-conforming.
0: You're making me think about how my mother had to struggle to get me to wear a skirt when I was a kid. Yeah. I only wanted to be in slacks. Yes. But yeah, that's just a great example. So are you inspired by the way in which the world is changing or do you think it's too slow?
1: Uh, I am always inspired by youth. I am inspired at how they run forward with whatever, you know, if, when they have an expression and they're passionate about it, there's nothing that stops them. I love that. Um, I, I think the world is changing as it will. You know, I'd I i I'd like it to change a lot faster in some regards. I don't know the, st- the statistics off by heart, but they are not good for youth who, you know, can't make it through without help. And... We know that there are barriers um, and I, I saw those gaps and I lived in Halifax for quite a time, but I knew that I needed to move back to somewhere like Sackville. I grew up in Fall River. You know, those more rural areas or the more outskirt areas, they, they have youth who need help and they don't have as many services. So I needed to create that space. That's my home. I, I have a passion for cleaning up my own backyard first And that's where I saw the need. So I said, okay, I'm going to feel the dreams. We're going to build it and see if people will help and come along this journey. And yeah, the statistics for youth who need the help, who don't get it and the consequences, I'm sure you could Google search and you would not be, you know, you'd need to have a box of Kleenex with you. But um, I think the world and the youth are really, uh, what give me hope.
0: <laughs> okay. Back to the love story. How did your relationship with yourself change when you changed?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a whole learning curve, um, dealing with society and privilege. I worked in geeky and comic book shops much of my life. And for a lot of those times I was female presenting. And so anytime someone would go into those stores, whether it was video games, comic books, magic cards, what have you, um, I was assumed not to know very much. Um, And now when people walk into my comic book store and see me today, uh, it's assumed that I know a lot about sports. I do not sport. (laughs) Go get that hoop. Yes, you do. Um, I, I, you know, so there's there's assumptions that people make. Um, I've really learned to love the way that I present being a man and being okay with that. You know, when I first came out as trans, I, I kind of, I think I went hyper-masculine uh, to try to offset, you know, the rest of my life, I guess. But I've really fa- fallen in love with who I've become, you know, and and presented humanity the way that I do today.
0: Okay. And how are you manifesting that through this space that you've created. Tell me about how that came to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I say Cape and Cowell is me personified, I, so I have a big personality and then I, I have this space that I, I fill it with. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's, it's a part of everything that I'm passionate about. Yes, it's got Spider-Man and Star Wars and lots of toys and comics, but also that space that I craved when I was young, where you can just be yourself Um, And, and many incredible, there's actually a few very special and incredible women that have influenced the space, but ultimately it was just wanting to be accepted, wanting to go to a space where you can be yourself, no matter if it's geeky, no matter if you're gender nonconforming, when you open the doors and come into this space, you can know you're going to be respected. You can know you're going to be safe. You know, you won't be misgendered which was a, a constant stress in my life, um, before accessing hormones, you know, um, there's just, there's so many ways in which we can support youth. And I, I worked with the youth project before, and I I've worked with other youth organizations and just knowing that there are so many barriers for, uh, for youth to access the help that they need and the supports that they need. And I just wanted to work on a space that could remove those barriers.
0: So it's as much about connection as it is about comics.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, like, very often I'll say the comics are just a front uh, for helping youth because it's all about meeting them where they're at. So uh, in my work work with the Youth Project, I worked with a lot of youth who were not supported at home uh, for being in the rainbow community, for what have you. And so I thought there's so many barriers for them going to seek you know, talking to someone, maybe a counselor, or there are so many barriers to going to a medical setting. Who's going to see me? You know, it, there's a lot of stress going into a medical setting. Who's going to tell my parents? No one would question why a youth would go into a comic book store. And so, if they're going to a comic book store to talk to Carrie Rain of the Nova Scotia Health Authority, who offers free youth counseling through our store. You know, no one has to know why they're going there. They might be going to get the new uh, issue of Star Wars, but nobody has to know. You know, they might be going to play Dungeons and Dragons, and that's great, but there's also supports there, and there's also information there that can help them connect to the other supports in the community.
0: So in the old days on the Oprah Winfrey show, you know, she might be having an an interview with you and she'd surprise you by bringing someone out. And we're going to bring Olivia into the conversation, but it's not really a surprise. (laughs) Thank you for bringing Olivia. Yes. Hello. Yes. Tell me about your involvement. No, tell me about your relationship with this space that we're talking about and with Jay.
2: Um, so I had actually been, I met Jay when he was um, in, at the inception in terms of a store. Uh, he had been working through the youth project as a fundraising uh, coordinator and I had been a student uh, through uh, NSCC back during their child and youth care program. And funny enough, actually, prior to that, we had had a few interactions as um, I also had come into my own uh, reality and realization of my own trans womanness ness uh, in February of 2011. So it's, Kind of been funny how, upon retrospect, there's a large amount of parallel in terms of a bit of our journey and sort of then it just boom meets up for quite a bit of time. Um, but yeah, so when Jay told me about the idea of a store being opened up in Sackville where he was gonna have, you know, birthday parties and magic the gathering nights and opportunities for for people to be able to just drop in and, you know, four walls that are that are safe and um Encourage people to read and and explore things. I mean, personally, I'd never been into comics. It was more of a fantasy card kind of girl or or books. However, um, he did get me uh, to build my own small collection. Um, but the sa- the space to me has always been one of comfort, belonging. I know that when I walk in there, that. No matter what's going on, Jay's going to have a friendly face. And if, you know what, if I got the time, I'm going to offer to Jay because I know at the end of the day, whatever he's got cooking in that brain of his is going to be interesting to explore and to experience.
0: What has your role taught you about yourself?
2: Honestly, um, as sort of the first volunteer and the one where when uh, there's been, oh, crud moments, it's been, um, I've... It's allowed me to explore and take control of my own leadership abilities and and also has given me a lot of room to grow into adulthood in terms of taking on responsibility, taking on ownership, taking on risks, making choices. Believing in yourself is a really difficult thing to do, but dang, is it rewarding when it pulls off and you stand there and say, yeah, things were completely falling apart, but you know what? At least we don't have to worry about the thing that we were worrying about originally. Now you just have to deal with the chaos that you have. I got it. And it's been wonderful.
0: So I am I feel like I'm walking on eggshells with this question a little bit because it might it. be naive, but has it also has your, has your involvement with this safe space also solidified your gender choice or your confidence in your gender choice? Do you know what I'm getting at? I,
2: I know what you're getting at. Um, I would say that definitely having that area where I don't have to necessarily worry about misgendering, especially at the beginning of the store, I was still also very much slowly dipping my toes into more outward expressions. I was very scared, very nervous. Absolutely. So while the choice was already made, it was a matter of getting through the mud, trudging through the swamp. Getting the confidence that says, okay, well, at least I got this. I have uh, a a fellow transgender person who I respect and who I love uh, as a brother and as a, you know, volunteer boss. Um, And he's going to respect me. If I, have a, if I have a desire to explore something of my identity while I'm assisting him, he's going to respect it and he's going to defend it. So, I mean, yeah, it's, he's definitely been an advocate for me. And through that, um, he's been clearly able to advocate for other people. And I've also been able to help him advocate whenever I've been around because I know that he's not a load of bull, obviously. Everything that he's saying in terms of um, respecting people, saying, come as you are, meet people where they are. He's do he's done that throughout our entire relationship as friends. And I thank you for that, Jay. Hey, goes both ways.
0: <laughs> it seems like in a way it's a world that is completely different than social media Today, that so many young people would experience as social media where they're so concerned about where how they're being judged and looking just the right way and presenting that perfect image that they expect people will respond to. And it sounds to me like you're creating a space that is the flip side of that.
1: Yeah. I think if you always are focusing on those superficial things you're not giving yourself room to know yourself so i think giving yourself the space to get messy sometimes or or try something out even if it's not what you're going to stick with like just just you know be open and and it's okay like that's that's what cape and cow is supposed to be like a non-judgmental zone where you can just get a little messy you know and just figure yourself out and we got you we got your back
0: okay so I'm, you mentioned Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm really intrigued by what you're doing with autistic youth. Yes with that game Mm -hmm. now i don't understand that game well so you got to keep it high level (laughs) for me
1: absolutely but
0: tell me about this program that you're running
1: so uh it's a program that autism nova scotia runs but i'm happy to support them with the drop-in center and so dungeons and dragons is a role-playing game so you have one game master who's like the puppet master and the 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 tail weaver and then you have a bunch of youth who are sitting around the table playing their roles and they get to choose who they want to be. A lot of the times it's a fantasy setting. So you'll have elves and dwarves and trolls and all of these fun creatures. um, And they go on an adventure together. Um, Now what's wonderful with, uh, autism Nova Scotia is they've recognized that Dungeons and Dragons is particularly good uh, for youth with autism in, in helping them uh, work on their social skills uh, and working together, giving each other eye contact, taking turns. Uh, all of the aspects that incorporate uh, into Dungeons and Dragons support people with autism. And it's really interesting. There's quite a number of articles and studies done uh, to show this. It's really cool.
0: And do you see a difference in these kids as they... You know, go through the weeks coming Absolutely. back.
1: Absolutely, yes. I um, back when we first started, um, you know, the uh, program runners and I would have literal tearful conversations, seeing the very quick uh, transformation in these youth who would walk in and not be able to show any eye contact, you know, or, or say anything to me, and weeks later would uh, bright-eyed and and boisterously come into the store, you know, saying, "Hey, Jay, we're ready to be." back and the next adventure is coming and we're going to slay that dragon and get that gold. And yeah, it's just, it's so amazing to see the transformation because it it empowers them. It, it, you know, their point of view in this game matters, you know, what they do in any situation matters to the team. Uh, So it's just really cool to see that.
0: It also seems to me, though, that seeing that shift Mm -hmm. empowers you. Oh, yeah. And in your purpose. Oh, totally. And if you had to state a purpose, what would you say that yours is?
1: Oh, lifting people up. It it really is about that. Because me, like, I love surrounding myself with the comic shop every day and all of the activities that go on there. It's just, it's a wonderful place to be and feel that energy, but to really see uh, how you know, how we can affect the community and, and the youth in particular, I've all, I don't know what it is. I've always been involved with youth and I love seeing them light up and, and I love lifting them up and, and just giving them that confidence.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much to both of you for joining us today. Thank you for your thank interest. You. Yeah. Great story. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit CharmDiamondCenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. This podcast is made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by PodStarter.